The Homance Chronicles. The female equivalent of a bromance. So many poor choices. But so many good types. But so many poor choices. <laughs> <laughs> so this right. is The Homance Chronicles, and I'm Sarah. <laughs> and I'm Nicole. And you know what? This is... This is a little different for us. It's fun. We're doing a little midday action. It's breaking up my work day on a Friday and I'm not mad about it. So no, I'm pretty either. excited that this was able to work out because um, our guest is from England. We have another person from across the pond gracing <laughs> us with their presence. And I'm super excited to talk to David Chambers. He's a men's dating intimacy and relationship coach. Welcome. Welcome, welcome. I'm glad Thanks I could, for joining uh, us. Break up the day, you know. A bit, like you said, midday action is very good for you, very good for the soul. Yeah, I mean, important. I wish I wish I had some other type of midday action happening, but mm-hmm. I'll take Don't this. we all? <laughs> <laughs> so just to give you, David, a heads up, um, Nicole loves everything and anything British and UK and yeah. English. So her excitement levels are just like through the roof at the moment. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But so I do, so you are, I read a couple of your things that you've got going on and I'm just like super impressed because I feel as though you came from a a place that a lot of men are still existing in today, which is like, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to talk to these women. I don't know what I'm saying and why I'm saying it. I don't know why it works and why it doesn't. So like, before we get into what you do, like, where did you start from? Could you just give us a little? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I go back like 15 years. Yeah, 15 years. I'm 37 now, so I might be like, what, 20, 22, something like that. Math isn't great. Math isn't great sometimes. Yeah, i got a computer okay. science degree, but sometimes I can't count. Um, <laughs> so I was like, I've always been a sociable person, right? I was sociable. But the thing I was struggling with at this age was like, I was, you know, fresh out, of, not fresh out of uni, but I was kind of climbing in my career. I was starting to wanting to travel and experience the world and experience culture and do interesting and fun things with myself. And I just couldn't. I was struggling to meet women that were wanting to be involved in those sorts of pursuits. So, you know, like many men at that time, I, I sigh when I say this, but it's like, uh, because of the amount of judgment that comes my way sometimes when I mention this, is I picked up the game, you know, I picked up the game by Neil Strauss. I've read it cover to cover. Um, and then somehow I found myself at a free workshop, which led to going to a boot camp, which led to me saying to the guy running the boot camp, hey, I think I could teach this stuff for you, right? And he was like, yeah, I think you'd be really good. And then that kind of started off like a year and a half of some wild times in life, you know, because to start with, I was meeting guys and they were, the guys I was working with were very like scripted and structured. And that doesn't work. It didn't work for me because I'm not really a scripted and structured person. I can be quite spontaneous. I know how to have a good time when I go to a bar or club. So I started to kind of adapt a lot of what people would learn in the game into a more kind of free flowing more authentic way of being and then I was teaching that and this was you know, 15 years ago and then I was coming across a lot of men who were what hated women in my opinion they didn't like women they wanted to take they wanted to seek revenge against women through dating and um, sleeping with them and that really sat very badly with me because I had a deep love for women you know deep reverence and love so I, I, I jumped out of the industry continued my life kept working in tech I um Traveled the world for two years, probably about five years ago. Did a lot of self-development work, everything from weekend workshops, men's retreats to plant medicines, 
to spiritual healers, Reiki. I've, you know, I've done a lot, therapy coaches, a lot, and come to realize that a lot of my, a lot of what was going on for me was emotional. And was like, I struggled with expressing my emotions. It actually caused a breakdown of a four-year long relationship. And I vowed I would never let that happen again. So I went, I deepened my journey, realized authenticity was, there was even more layers to it. And just really immersed myself with learning about my emotional expression, as well as things like confidence, authentic, you know, authentic communication, as well as like tantra and so forth. And it's kind of brought me to this point now where I kind of amalgamate all that stuff in the work that I do, but also in how I live. It's like I embody the work that I talk about. It's all part of my being. I it's applaud so cool. you. Yeah, yeah I no applaud shit. you for uh, stopping the cycle. You yeah. could have easily turned into one of those men That's, who hated women. <laughs> and that was like, that was kind of like my next question is like, how did you decide that maybe um, like the, that women weren't the problem and that maybe there was a root cause somewhere in your own self that you weren't given the right tools growing up. And it's like not women's fault, actually. It's like collectively all of our faults. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think it kind of came to a head because I have a bit of an estranged relationship, not a strange relationship, but slightly estranged relationship with my dad. Like he's kind of around, but he wasn't, my mum and dad weren't together when I grew up. So I never kind of saw them together. My mum got remarried to a man who was basically an asshole um, and turned out to be an asshole. So I had a very poor opinion of men, right? Especially. So I didn't want to be like my dad. My dad's, he's 50, he's six, 70 years old now, 70 years old, sorry. He's got five yeah, That was children. a 20 year jump. I know, I know. <laughs> Because if you, he doesn't look 70 years old, right? He kind of acts like he's still 50. But he's 70 years old, and his oldest child is probably in her mid mid to late 40s, right? Actually, no, she'd be in her 50s, right? I've got a sister who's in her 50s. He lives in the States. And his youngest child is 14. Oh, my goodness. And he's never been married. And he's a wanderer. Yeah, yeah I'm a wanderer. Yeah. And... <laughs> And but I, I always question, day. like, how do these men continue to find women that will have their children that will we're get broken. pregnant? Nicole, we're fucking broken. Okay, <laughs> Jesus Christ, do you need to know we're broken? I, <laughs> I just, con- I'm consistently amazed by like, this. Like I said, it's all of us collectively our faults yeah. together. <laughs> yeah. Never been no, married, just- has four children with other women, I assume. They're not all from the same woman because that would be probably no. impossible. And no. that would then go to me, uh, run away. Like that, the signal would be run. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but remember, a lot of women's signals are, oh, I can fix this. Don't forget yeah. that. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> I don't have the energy. I'm too. I just don't have the time. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. It's too much. Um, yeah, but I get hung up I on realized, your dad. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I get. I and that's you know what? That's where I got a lot of my life, right? I got hung up on my dad, and I realized that I was about twenty. I think I was probably about twenty-six, and I was like, you know what? Women are all crazy, right? And I'm done with relationships at twenty. There it is. Okay, done. so you were like at the same, like at that point, I feel, and I'm gonna mm. turn it back on myself. I feel like that's like when Nicole and I started really hanging out and being like. Mm relationships are dumb we're just gonna have fun yeah i feel like yeah. that's the common thread anymore maybe not anyway so at 26 yeah. you were like not nah, women are dumb and done done dating yeah, yeah i'm done dating i'm just gonna i'm just gonna be single i'm just gonna play around i'm gonna enjoy my life and i'm gonna be very honest about it i'm not gonna lie i'm just gonna be like this is who i am you can accept me or not accept me 
either way, I'm, I'm totally fine with your decision. And over the course of probably a few years after that, I started to see that really I had to be responsible for some of the things I was doing. You know, the way I was acting, the way I wasn't being honest, the way that I didn't know what I really wanted, my own fears, right? And this is like the surface was like, I have all this fear about relationships. Why do I have all these fears about being in a committed relationship? And I started to start to kind of unpick certain things through just looking and started looking at like my mum's relationships and what I saw when I was growing up. And I was like, ah, my mum didn't have a single good relationship in front of my eyes. Oh shit, this is affecting my life. My dad from a young age would tell me, you don't get married. Married people are boring. <laughs> like straight up, the words left his mouth. And I started to see, oh wait, these, I have all these really bad views of what relationships are. I, in my childhood, me and my older sister talk about this, right? We had no functional relationships that were in obvious view of us that we saw on a regular basis, like none, not a single one, right? So we had no idea how to be in relationship. And especially for me as a man, there was no men really around who I could look up to. So I didn't know how to be a man. I didn't know how to be a man in a relationship, right? So I had to learn what that meant, how to be not just a good man, but a man who stands up for himself, knows what he wants, can emote, can communicate, can carry and lead a relationship. Like, okay, sex and intimacy, thank God that's something I, I, could, I could do, right? But real intimacy, like emotional intimacy, was something that was hard. So I had to learn all this in my late 20s and early 30s. So it was when I uncovered that really it was a way that sometimes, I, you know, truthfully, I was lying, I was cheating, I was avoidant, I was defensive. All these sorts of things were causing my relationships to fall apart. And it's when I accepted that and said, okay, the problem isn't women because I keep picking them, right? So the problem is me. Ah, insightful. Did you have any like role models when you were growing up? Like people that you saw that were like, super iconic for you and that they were like the way they handled women or the relationships, like you wanted to emulate that since you didn't have anybody you could see and like, you know, be around when you were a child? No, nah. no, not really. It was a lot of like seeing guys who were say friends of my mom's friends and being like, oh, I don't really like him. I don't really <laughs> like him, you know? Yeah, that's good. It probably wasn't until I started working uh, that I kind of come across my first mentor in a way. He was a Scottish guy and he mentored me in work, but he also was like, you know, he, I remember one day in the pub, you know, imagine I'm 21 years old, I'm sitting in the pub with this, you know, he's probably 35. He'd got married while he was traveling around the world. And he said to me, he's like, David, make sure, right, you, the first thing you do when you start making money is buy a house, right? Don't piss all your money up the wall. Like spend it on women and partying, right? And drugs. And he was like, travel the world. He was like, do those things, right? Because you will never regret doing things in that way. So don't piss up all your money in the bars and clubs with women. He told me this. And I, I did do that for a while, right? So he didn't listen to that part. <laughs> but the travel and, and the houses thing, I did listen to. And you know what? That was the first person who I looked at and said, this guy is speaking sets. He's not just saying things. He's lived it as well. You know, he had traveled around the world with his wife. He had multiple homes. He was very good at his job. He was very disciplined. He worked out a lot, but like he lived a good life. And it was probably the first time I'd been a man and thought, I can look up to you. You know, I can look up yeah. to you as a man. And like, that was quite a, I, I look back at it now and think it was an amazing moment. But it took me many years later to deal with the emotional stuff, really, because that's the that's the stuff that's really causing 
like truthfully, that's what's causing most of our problems, right? If you look, especially men, and I see this in men so much, is this an inability to be with their emotions, like to describe their emotions, to be with pain. Like, oh, I'm feeling uncomfortable because you want a relationship, right? That makes me uncomfortable because I have judgments and stories about relationships. But instead of saying, hey, I feel a bit uncomfortable because, you know, I have these own judgments about relationships because of my past and what's happened to me, they just run away or they lie or they remain avoidant or they shut down because they don't know how to translate these bodily sensations and feelings into a communication that, you know, that can be, can be heard. Yeah. I think that a lot of men in, I guess, in my circle or, you know, that I've dated or have come across who are now in their mid to late thirties or forties, even they didn't start going to therapy or doing any kind of work until their relationship, meaning like their long-term relationship with their marriage caused them to go to some sort of couples counseling. Right. Mm. The woman's pushing them to go. They're like, we don't need this. And then they eventually get divorced and then are now seeing their own therapist because (laughs) the going to couples counseling didn't work because he didn't work on himself. And so it's just been a consistent theme in a lot of the the men that I come across um, who are dating later in life. And I always I don't know, I always tell myself because I never got married to any of my previous exes. So a lot of times, um, you know, people want to assume that there's something wrong with you because you hadn't gotten married. And I'm like, no, no, no. If I had gotten married, I would have been divorced because I know (laughs) I didn't do the work and I was a bad picker. And I'm like seeing the outcome of it in the dating world now. And so I think that it's pretty amazing that you're able to um, hopefully connect with these men but they have to be willing to actually reach out first, right? So what are some yeah. of those, what are some of those things that finally get men to like click and reach out first? Yeah. The truth is, is that. <laughs> Did you have something, Sarah? Oh, I was, I'm going to add to it, but I'm okay. going to wait till he's done answering. Okay. Okay. Um, the truth is, is what I've seen is as people, we change through either pain or inspiration right either we experience a very very uh, intense pain like divorce or your marriage breaking down or you know a serious rejection you know those low points cause us to think oh my god i need to change my life or we are inspired by something right so it's like we see someone else's marriage that's so beautiful and we're like wow i want some of that my experience of men is, is that 90% to 99% of the time, 95% of the time, they make change only due to pain, right? Not so the, the things that I've observed then are falling in line with uh, your, what you're telling me. So yeah, I'm yeah, not like yeah. just making this up and thinking that I'm just finding a weird trend and I'm picking the wrong people again. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right, you're right. Um, and I, I do come across men who, you know, who are looking for inspiration, like, but even then, sometimes when I dig in, there's a bit of, there's some help, there's some solid pain in there, you know, that they're dealing with. So often there's, there's, there's this pain. They're like, okay, I'm, I'm, 
I got a lot of men who are around my age, right? So they're like 32 to kind of 42. And they're like, I want to be with somebody. I want to meet someone that I can be with, I can have children with, you know? But I'm struggling to do that because I'm not meeting the, the type of women I want, for instance, or I don't know how to express myself or I'm finding myself when I'm in relationship, I can't express how I feel to my partners and then they leave me. You know, that's a very common one that happens, you know, for, for really nice guys, right? They're like, I meet amazing women, we get into a relationship, then they tell me that, you know, they can't feel me, they don't know what's going on, they're confused, and then they leave. And then if that happens to you three or four times, right, that's a very painful experience to have the mm-hmm. same thing reflected back. And if you're unaware, you don't in, in kind of engage your consciousness, you'll go, ah, it's all them, right? But if you tweak and tweak the awareness and go wait a minute there's something i'm doing here you can seek help it's the biggest problem is and this is what i think a lot of us do not just men men and women and because of the society and the way society is very much is when we have problems right we look outside and we go okay it must be out here out out in front of us everyone else is the problem i don't need to do anything the world needs to change because that's the easy thing to do mm-hmm. it's easy to blame the problems outwardly like ah, all women are gold diggers, for instance, or all women just want guys, tall guys, or all women just want guys who are muscly. You know, it's easy to blame outwards instead of to look at yourself, because that's hard to look at yourself in the mirror and go, man, I'm the one who is fucked up. I am the one who is ruining my relationships, right? But the, the thing is, when we say that, it's hard, but it's also incredibly empowering, because if you're the reason it's happening to you, you can do something about it because you are you, right? right? If everyone else around you is the problem, right? You're fucked. Right. Because you can't do anything <laughs> about everybody, but you can do a hell of a lot about yourself. Man. So you came to this conclusion and you mm. met all the, the people you're working with now. So now, do you have women approaching you? Asking you, my husband, my boyfriend, they are X, Y, Z. Do they do it in front of them or do they do it behind their backs? Because <laughs> 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 I know like what you're saying, all women are just going to be like, ah, he gets it and how come this one? And then they're going to want to try to connect you. So like, do you, what is that relationship? How do you see that unfold? <laughs> I'm just curious. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> I all of his guy. DMs are from women who already have men. <laughs> they're not interested. They're not DMing him to like slide in. They're just like, I need help. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> you clearly get it. Do you want to have a drink with my man? <laughs> like trying to match you up like friends with all their dudes, like wing men in it, wing women. <laughs> it's, it's funny, right? Because uh, recently I ran a workshop, well, well, a series of workshops. It was like a a course, a five-week course around, we call it Master Your Emotions, but it's really getting men in touch with their emotions and their expression of that emotions, right? So they can release as well and let go and, and communicate more powerfully. And one guy pops up, like I you know, had about 10 or so men. And one of the, you know, usually the things like this, it's like a reasonably high ticket item, right? It's like, you know, a thousand pounds. Normally you see the names come in when they're purchasing tickets. It's someone you've spoken to and stuff like that. And then this one guy pops up and I was like, I've never seen this name before anywhere. Never an email. He's never attending any of my events. So then I start looking for Instagram. I was like, does he even follow me? doesn't even follow me on Instagram. So I'm like, wow, this is strange. So then when the event starts, the start the event, and I was like, hey, I was like, how did all of you come across me? 
And then everyone's like, Just oh, one I guy. You on <laughs> no, I was, and everyone's going, oh, I follow you on Instagram. I've been listening to your podcast. Like, we shot some emails back and forth. I was like, cool. And he was like, yeah, my, my girlfriend said. And he was okay and open with it. He was just like, "Yep, yeah, she's right. Yeah, yeah, I'm fucked." Yeah, up. he he was like, <laughs> he he was like, you know, she she been listening to your content for like a year. She's been following you, and actually, they'd only got together like six months previously. So she knew about me when she met him, Nicole. <laughs> and then she, this is she sent this him is answering it. This is your <laughs> I can fix him. That's oh, her. I. <laughs> I you're talking about the girl who signed up the boyfriend? Or are you talking about me? Because I'm like, no, I'm, I don't. No, I'm talking about that female that signed up her boyfriend. She's exactly the type of female that's like, I, I'm in love with his yeah. potential. I can fix him. And so now she's like desperately trying to fix him. So how'd that work out? Um, no, he came through the workshop quite well. He really, you know, he got a lot of insights, a lot of insights from it, you know, because like some of the work I do is like just talking, but some mm-hmm. of it's like embodied work. It's like, how can you express yourself with movement? You know, because ultimately we are not just minds. We're also bodies and our bodies hold a lot of information. They hold a lot of emotion. So when we can move the body a little bit more, we start to uh, awaken some of this emotion wants to get out, but also we start to express ourselves more, right? And we become ultimately more expressive and more attractive and more interesting we can express ourselves because that's what we want to feel each other. I say this to men so often. I'm like, the women you meet, they want to feel you. They want to feel who you are. They want to feel your edges. They want to feel the good and bad about who you are. When you just come across as bland and you don't express yourself, you appear like a strange kind of foggy, mushy ball with no edges. They're not sure. It's a bit vague. Some women will be attracted to that because they think it's mystery, but some women just be like, this man doesn't stand for anything. He has no opinions. He has no real thoughts or ideas. I don't know who he is. Goodbye. And they move on. Yeah, I've had to do that recently where I was like, after this many dates, like I feel there should be uh, some sort of growth here. There should be a a deeper connection that's happening. And I am not the one to sit here and coach you to pull it out. Like I've been comfortable. I've been honest. We've been authentic. Like I share, like I'm not, I'm not just sitting here, uh, wanting to be bored (laughs) 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 and wanting to make and wanting it to feel like this is a one-sided relationship so i mean to your point like yeah i what are you supposed to do like how much effort as a woman do you put in before you're like i gotta get out of this like i'm just not getting in return the emotional connection because what you're looking for is some leadership you want That's him right. to feel some, you want some yeah. leadership, right? You right. want him to lead things into a direction. You're the, what I'm hearing is a lack of direction. You're dating men, right. it's like, this lacks direction. I don't know what's happening here. He's not progressing things. He's not even really allowing me to progress things because there's a caginess, you know, a lack of expression. I think there's a level of compassion actually, right? Because what's going on for, for a guy in this point is there's a lot of fear about judgment and rejection we have. Because, you know, from the, the kind of uh, patriarchal point of view, we're just shown all these messages of how we need to be perfect, how we need to be right, how we can't get anything wrong, right? And I, and I say this a lot is that media plays a huge part in this. Pick up any newspaper today, right? And just look at how many people are being chastised 
and judged and criticized for making some small mistake in their job or in what they do, right? Like really, like the newspapers go heavy, right? It's, mm-hmm. you know, in the same way that women are judged around looks, for instance, right? Like, you know, we have these magazines in the UK and it's like, oh my God, when she's on the beach, she has a roll on her stomach. And it's like a picture of someone who's like bent over anyway, you know, who doesn't have rolls when they're bending over, right? <laughs> so it yeah. creates this narrative of like, oh my God, I need to be perfect. But this right. is also the same experience men have. So they're like, they go on a date with you and they're thinking, okay, I need to not make any mistakes. And the only way for her to like me is if I'm flawless and I'm perfect, right? Which means I need to, I need to be how I think she wants me to be. But the problem is, is you don't know. So he just, it causes this hiding and lack of expression because they don't want to get anything wrong. They don't want to be kind of, they don't want to seem like they're not the right guy. Discarded for being genuine is a scary thing. Yeah. And that's yeah. the fear. Like if I show who I am, you won't like me and then I have, I'll be rejected. Oh, yeah, see? I well, feel I feel like, like re- the amount of rejection has increased with online dating as well. Yeah, I was going to say, I feel like that's but just never the me- best method because people will reject you again eventually. So when, so you have, like, do you have the, the woman haters that are like, uh, I don't know, I have no other options. This is my last option. Do you ever have those kind of types come into your classes and... Mm-mm-mm. every so often a guy and I, I, I speak to someone at the moment and he um he unfortunately kind of journeyed into the whole incel thing for a little while and read some of that content and because most of that really like from my point of view is oh I'm a man and I'm not desirable and women don't want me it's not my fault it's women that's, so that's he was it. playing that's... yeah and then he started to see that this was really toxic for his, for his mind really toxic for him and I've had a few guys who said, oh, I've read some of this stuff and I, I'm seeing that it's toxic for me. And that's not how it is because I hear you speak and they feel that there's something that feels a lot more genuine. But it also is that inside of a lot of like incel culture and what they're saying is it's like you're fucked. You can't do anything, right? Because you're not good looking and you haven't got money, there's nothing you can do, right? Because all women are superficial and all the cars are stacked against you. And that creates a huge amount of low self-esteem, depression, all sorts, because your life if you want a relationship, it's not a possibility, right? So a few guys have come to me and they've gone, oh, I listened to one of the podcast episodes and I kept listening. And they're like, you've shown me there's a way out of this. There's a way I can take control and I can do something and I can connect. And it's like, yes, we can. So when I come across these guys, the, the, the battle is, is changing their negative beliefs mm-hmm. because of these negative beliefs have been created over, over 20, 30, 40 years sometimes, right? Because when we have a belief, what we do is we just seek evidence of its truthfulness constantly, right? So if I believe that women don't find me attractive, when I walk down the street, I walk down the street and be like, ah, she didn't look at me, she didn't look at me, she didn't look at me, she didn't, oh, she looked at me, but she's not really looking at me. And you literally walk through the street like that. Whereas if I have the belief that, man, women love me, they want to talk to me all the time, I'll walk down the street and be like, ah, she didn't look at me, but because she's so attracted to me, she didn't want to look at me. That would be the... (laughs) You see, and it's, it's how we operate as human beings. We have a belief and then we seek the truthfulness of it through our lives. Mm-hmm. Right? And we do it at so many levels. We don't actually see life as it actually is, as the reality that's unfolding in front of us. And this is probably the root cause of most of our problems, dating, relationship, you know, career. But particularly in dating, it hurts us because 
there's also a whole world around us that will reinforce these beliefs, not necessarily us, but you can go on the internet and find someone and a group of people that will reinforce your beliefs about the world, right? Mm-hmm. And that means that those beliefs become really entrenched. So the work there is to start unpacking the negative beliefs and finding, instilling a new belief and then creating opportunities to find evidence that this new belief is true and real. You used a term incel. Can you just um, explain it for everybody who may not know what that means? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, um, what does it stand for? I can't remember. But I know it's like involuntary. Involuntarily celibate. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's <laughs> the reason why, you know, it's become a thing in the UK because there was a, there was a shooting here recently in um, the south of the country and a guy and he kind of, what well, he was known to have, you know, read some of the content and, he had mentioned some of the, the names of in the, the, the community here. So it's become a bit of a thing here in the news at the moment. And I've known about it for a number of years, right? For years. Um, so it's become a bit of a thing. We're talking about, but it's this um, idea, a lot of the ide- ideologies are around that. Feminism has meant that, you know, decent men can't find uh, partners, right? Straight men, it's nearly all straight men, right? Straight, yeah. heterosexual, white men, basically. Yep. It's, it's, they're basically the same group of men in my for the most part who turn into serial killers as well and I think it's a very important part it's a very yes. important thing right that that because I read a few books years ago about serial killers and it's like they're nearly always male they're almost always white they come from broken families they've had some sort of emotional physical abuses growing up right and often they even wet the bed I think that's one of the statistics around them as well to mm-hmm. a late age and they hurt animals and they like fire but, and they're loners, right? Now, these incel guys are often as not, maybe not all the points, I don't know them all, but they're, they're loners as well, right? So they find this community of, of that back up their views of their misogyny. And they blame feminism for their problems, saying that really men, everyone's entitled to sex. That's one of the biggest flawed ideas is that everyone is entitled to sex. It's a, it's a human right, which is completely incorrect, right? Sex is something you create I don't want to say earn. I think it's something you create with someone, you know, like mm-hmm. desire and attraction. You create those things. So that's the reason why it's, it's, it's a thing that's currently kind of in my consciousness. And I'm just wary that, okay, when I meet men and they think this way, it's not to be like you're bad and wrong. It's to be like, okay, your beliefs are that are, serve, are not serving you. Let's have compassion for you because you've gone through pain in your life somewhere. And then when I speak to these guys, they have, they've had painful experiences. They've been bullied ridiculed, um, some even sexually assaulted by women, right? And that's brought them to the beliefs that they've, they've got. So you're like, okay, I can understand your pain. I can have compassion for you, but we can move in a different direction if you're open to doing that. I really like the way you phrased those beliefs aren't working for you. You're really removing yeah. them from being a, you know, a victim, an owner. You're removing them from all ownership over that and just saying that the belief is wrong and it's not you, it's them, basically. And that's, that's pretty smart. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just so to seeing smart. that, you know, whenever you're operating in life and you see yourself doing something, it's like, you're not bad and wrong. There's nothing wrong with you. You don't need, you're not broken. You don't need fixing. It's just that you've, you're believing something that isn't actually working for you anymore. At some point mm-hmm. in your life, it worked for you. It might have only been for 10 minutes, right? It might have been for 20 years, but now it doesn't work for you anymore. You know, it's like we learn things as, ch- we learn things as children, so we can survive or we can make sense of the world and then we carry them into adulthood. And it's just realizing at a certain point that that belief, it doesn't work for me. Anymore. It doesn't serve me in where I want to go. 
and admitting that because that's often a really hard thing to do is to admit that we have a belief that is is malfunctioning yeah i think that beliefs coupled also with insecurities uh well i should say negative beliefs coupled with insecurities is something that shows on a person without them even having to say anything or particularly mm. point it out and that's what women pick up on mm-hmm. mm. and so at some point you can you know you can have compassion or um talk to the guy about like being open or being willing to change or something like that but um they may not necessarily be receptive of it coming from a woman though <laughs> i've been told that i have occasionally sounded like a therapist um <laughs> when trying to be compassionate you know uh so why do you think that there's also this layer where they just don't want to um like open up to the woman specifically other than the fact that like they don't want to let us down like why do you think that they are more willing i guess to hear it from men sometimes they're not the truth is sometimes men are not they'd rather you know there's what i call i don't know if this is even scientifically right it's just my experiences there's some men who are running around and their children inside and they want a mummy they want a mummy to tell them what to do Mm. They want, and they find a woman it could be the women they're dating whatever and they will allow you to be their therapist and tell them how to live and what to do because for whatever reason they're looking for a money in that way right and they 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 will but everything you say to them they're like yes yes you're right you're right because you're a woman all and they'll say all men are bad other men are bad you know but women are great right which you know is not true because it's not true it's not how the world is right it's just right. like the backwards view yeah yeah and then there's some men who are like, oh, you know, women are the devil and I should listen to other men. So that's where I sit in this space myself of being like, well, I'm, I believe everyone is amazing. Everyone is divine. You know, we're all beings here on this earth and we can create amazing things. We can do beautiful things whenever we choose to, basically. So why do I think sometimes they want to hear it from a man? I think sometimes they're looking f- for someone who's been through it that understands of experience, right? Mm-hmm. You want someone who understands our experience and will say, I get it. I understand where you come from. But the problem is judgment. Why we don't open up is because we're so afraid of judgment. We're afraid of rejection. You know, we've, and the rejection runs really deep because there's like a kind of evolutionary reason why we're scared of rejection. Because if you go back, way back, you know, to the days of Savannah, I say, if I was ostracized and, re- and rejected from the, the, the tribe, right, I would probably have to live on my own in the bush and I would die. Yeah, so, that's true. So for, 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 that's why the experience of rejection uh, in relationship or even friendship, right, can feel like you're about to die. It can be that scary for people. So admitting that you, you need help you know, we're, again, men are socialized into this idea that they should be able to do everything themselves. Any kind of asking for help is a weakness. You know, needing therapy is weakness. Like how, like in the UK here, for instance, it's only really in the last, probably the last, what, four or five years that people have been talking about therapy. You know, 
like yeah. talking about, oh yeah, I'm going to therapy. Whereas before well, that, I feel like, that oh. that's similar in the U.S. as well. It's not necessarily segregated to particular parts of the world. It's okay. like over time, it's become uh, something that's almost like more casual in conversation now. Mm. I mean, as kids uh, who grew up in the '90s, we didn't—I didn't even know what anxiety meant. And now, yeah. now kids are like. I don't want to jump in the deep end of the pool because it makes me anxious. And I'm like, how do you even know what that feeling is? Like, I didn't even know. Like, I just thought that, like, when I was a kid, I just thought that you were nervous or what, you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah, yeah, there yeah. weren't even enough people talking about emotions or feelings to even give me the, per, like, the mm. prethala, preth, you know what I mean? Give me the whole uh, scope of how many emotions that you can feel. And instead they're bucketed into like just anger or just sad or whatever. And so um, in general, I feel like just not based on region, we've come a long way since the nineties still need to do better. But I've also feel like in the, black community especially um with black men that in particular is some walls coming down but maybe a little bit slower um so you know i that's my like experience i guess or my witness of it i can't speak for like what's going on in africa but (laughs) (laughs) at least in the us i think it's, it's a good comparison to probably the uk Oh my goodness. All right. Well, it might be that time, Miss Nicole. For Atta Girls. Mm -hmm. I've been loving this conversation. I'm sad it has to be cut (laughs) short. (laughs) (laughs) I really, Uh, truly am. Sarah, do you have an Atta Girl that you're ready to uh, talk about? Oh yeah, actually. Um, so I have an autoimmune disease and I had some complications, but I've been able to, for the last couple of weeks, been steady with getting back into the gym and actually like working out hard enough, but not too hard to like toss myself into the deep end of having to recover again. So I'm really proud of myself because as much as I want to lift heavy, heavy things and, you know, do what I used to do prior I can't and I'm stopping myself and I'm pacing myself. And again, this is me working on my patience, which has been 36 years now. So (laughs) out of me, (laughs) out of me for not like, you know, pushing it too hard and hurting myself. Like I typically do. I'm really, I learned my lesson finally. So (laughs) that's That's my girl. Yeah. a girl, Sarah. Thank you for taking things slow Mm -hmm. instead of just jumping right back in. And then Which is my MO. Yes. Mm-hmm. Typical. This well, is a cycle. Jump back in and then complain. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm Bowling glad you're breaking you. it. My add a girl is that I actually took a random weekday off of work and was able to mm hang out with some friends and, you know, spend some time outside and just uh, take a breather. Um, Normally, if you take a weekday off, it's usually like a Monday or Friday, like it's coupled with your weekend or for some reason, some project or vacation or whatever. 
this is like the first time I think I've taken like a random midweek day off just to like chill in a very long time. So it was much needed. It was like a mental health day. And I'm really sad I couldn't join her because I had to actually do the work <laughs> that I had to do. <laughs> She's like, hey, last minute fun day. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> yeah. I was like, you want to play hooky? We're all we're all just not going to work on Thursday. <laughs> Hooker. <laughs> oh, so that was my Atta girl. David, what do you got? What have I got? Oh, man. Oh, man, I've had a lot this week. It's been a big week. Um, you know what? It's going to be tonight, actually. So after this, I'm not going to do any work. I'm going to oh. close my laptop. Like it's Friday night here and yeah. you know, normally normally I might carry on with some other bits and pieces, but I'm actually just going to, you know, I think I'm going to walk, I'm going to go for a walk in the forest where I live uh, on the edge of London. There's forest here. So I'm probably going to finish up, go and walk in the forest a little bit, breathe in the, the forest air. And then I'm going to come back and I'm going to probably wow. do some, some meditation or some breath work. I'm a big fan of breath work. This guy. <laughs> <laughs> I need to nourish myself in some way. I'm so jealous. Like I want to go walk in the forest and breathe in the forest air and <laughs> rehoning my whole chi and all that shit. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sitting here going, wait, but is it really a forest or is it just a park? Like <laughs> are you gonna be with other people? <laughs> Well, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was a really um, in-depth conversation and we appreciate all of your insights. Um, tell people where they can go to find out more about you or get your newsletter or follow you on social media. Yeah, yeah. So probably the best place to, to contact me is Instagram. Like I do I'm posting most days and messaging and all that kind of good thing. Um, Probably the next place, if you want to keep listening to me talk, is my podcast, which is The Authentic Man with David Chambers. You've got like, depending when you're listening to this, probably over 100 hours worth of podcasting um, to listen to. Um, and then my website, I guess, if you're interested in like events, uh, workshops, or any kind of you know coaching and stuff that I'm running, that's uh, www.theauthenticman.net. Thank you so much. And people can reach us on Instagram as well. That is our uh, social media site of choice. Um, <laughs> it's where you can get the most out of us. Right. So it's at underscore or at homance underscore chronicles. And then we do have a closed group on Facebook called the Judgment Free Zone. So it's the Homance Chronicles, nice. a judgment free zone where we Ooh. share, you know, naughty bits and, um, uh, I share sometimes screenshots of the conversations that I have with men on dating apps just to really give everybody the full view of what it's like out here. <laughs> I was really wondering what screenshots you were going to say you share. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you we've shared dick pics too. It's fine. <laughs> you know, it's funny. People think that because we were called the homance that we get all of this unsolicited, like people are hitting on us and sending us dick pics. And I'm like, I've only really seen one or two over the last three years in our homance account. Have you seen anything really? No. Yeah. We've, we're, they're afraid of us. <laughs> 
Well, because they don't want to be talked about on the podcast. Mm -hmm. That's the number one thing is that whenever I go out with a new guy, he's like, is this going to end up on the podcast? And I'm like, these are very simple rules. Don't be a dick. And then no, it won't. (laughs) (laughs) Just be a gentleman. And then there's nothing to talk about. (laughs) Just pretend it doesn't exist and be yourself for one minute. (laughs) So anyway... If there's men listening today who uh, connected with what David was saying, um, you can also go to AuthenticDatingSeries.com as well. So, And women, if you feel as though there's a man in your life who might need to just get shoved <laughs> into that program, it's happened once and it could happen again. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Homance out. David. Thank you.